Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I am still on the Aegean Sea. I've been at sea now for like six days, I think. Yeah, it's been a really great experience. I mean, the water here is so beautiful. I've been swimming absolutely every single day. I've been reading books, and I have to tell you, social media has really done something to my attention span because even my first few days of reading, I would immediately grab my phone and I had to like snap out of it. Thankfully, I have books that have just sucked me in because they're so, so good. I just finished Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney. Sally Rooney, I just love her writing. It's so realistic. The dialogue really pulls you in. The characters are so vivid. So I love that. I also love her book, Normal People, but I just finished Conversations with Friends. And I also read a very interesting book that it was kind of boring, but somehow at the end, you were very emotionally impacted by it. It's called My Year of Rest and Relaxation. Interesting book. It's sort of about grief and depression and friendship and jealousy. It's it's an interesting book. So I'm reading. I'm really relaxing, but I'm also so excited that I have this podcast to come and talk to you guys every Monday. I really thank you for listening and tuning in each week. I love this episode you're about to listen to because I was actually able to talk about oils with someone, finally, finally, to talk about the avocado oils. And and I learned some new things too. You know, I love DIY beauty. And if you're in the kind of skincare community, you probably know this, but there's this whole kind of like backlash slash pendulum swing against natural beauty. I think a lot of people are saying, okay, just stick to the scientists and stick to the chemicals and all of that stuff. And I am very far from fear mongering and telling you like you have to use all clean ingredients or you're going to get, you know, some horrible disease. I'm so far from that. I'm very happily in the middle. I love my natural oils. I love doing my own face masks at home. I love even a DIY serum moment, a DIY body oil. I love that. But I also, you know, I use products like, you know, SkinCeuticals, which no one would necessarily call like clean skincare. So it was fun to talk about DIY beauty and oils and all of that stuff. I hope you guys love this episode. I also hope, you know, you know about 13 Loon. I think it's such a cool company. It's a much needed platform. And I'm excited for you guys to learn a little bit more about the founder. All right, let's get into it. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. joined with Nikteo Grico of 13 Loon. Thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty. Thank you so much for having me. 
I am so excited. I was telling you before we began that I feel like 13 Loon is just one of these platforms that we've needed as a beauty community for so long. So many people are interested in shopping from black and brown owned beauty brands. I was actually just in a clubhouse room and the theme of the clubhouse room is how do we decolonize our beauty routine? So wow. people are so interested in this. Tell me a little bit about why you created 13 Loon and what gap in the market you were seeing that you needed to fill. Absolutely. Um, So I've been a beauty founder for almost 19 years. I created my first skincare brand when I was 27, launched it based on family beauty secrets from Kenya as a first-generation American. And so my brand has had many lifetimes, stops and starts and all the things that now currently sells exclusively at Target. And then a couple of retailers owned a beauty and goop as well. And when we were all dealing with the global pandemic of 2020, And we got to the summer of 2020 and we were dealing with the pandemic of systemic racism at the height of our lifetime. I found that my beauty brand, Nikeo, was showing up on all of the lists of top 20, top 50 Black-owned, Black-founded brands to follow and shop. And while the attention to my brand, our brands, as well as the brands of many other Black founders the attention was great. It was really built on the precipice of like the most heartbreaking time that I'd ever experienced as, as a beauty founder, as a wife, as a mother, and as a Black woman in America. And so it was a little hard to get super duper excited about great sales while I appreciated the support. I was grieving like so many of us. And so I decided to get out of bed and take those lists and start shopping. And I think the most shocking thing to me hands down, was as I was going through these lists and then going down um, an Instagram rabbit hole, I couldn't believe, A, how many Black-owned brands I had never heard of after being a beauty Black beauty founder for almost 19 years. Two, I couldn't believe how, as we were watching all of these great initiatives of like pull up for change and 15% pledge and you know incredible initiatives that were also born out of the summer of 2020 happen. Why, when there were all of these incredible brands that were so beautiful, that were had such rich founder stories that it was that hard to find shelf space for them, right? And that so many of these brands, when I would look across the retail landscape, there would be a few of us over here and a few of us over here and maybe a couple over here, but not one retailer that was really speaking to truly inclusive beauty. And so 13 Moon was born to be the first of its kind, truly inclusive beauty platform where we adopted our own pledge, which is our 90-10 rule, where 90% of all brands that we carry forevermore on 13 Loon will be created by Black and Brown founders. And 10% of our brands will be catered and dedicated to brands that we call ally brands to help move the needle for change and diversity because this is not our fight to do alone. I also knew as people were DMing me about Nikeo Beauty and I want to support and I I bought this at Target and tell me how to use it, et cetera. I did have quite a few questions sprinkled in of why, you know, I want to buy your brand, but I don't know if I can use it on my skin. And as a Black woman who has long been using products made by people who are not Black or Brown on my skin or on my hair, knowing, expecting, and achieving that they work for me, I also knew that as a beauty founder who created products based on family beauty secrets, that yes, of course they have to work on my melanin-rich skin, but they work on all skin types. And and that so many of us Black and Brown founders do the same thing. 
And so that's how 13 Loon was born. Yes, I love that. It's such an important gap that you were filling. And it's so funny that point about black owned skincare brands or beauty brands. So often people that aren't black say like, Well, th- will this work on me? And I'm like, Yeah, it's a mascara. <laughs> oh my God. Right. It's a, it's a butter. Yeah, it'll work on you. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I think it is really important to kind of explain that. So you mentioned your Kenyan roots, your first generation Kenyan American. Mm-hmm. I know a little bit about Kenya, but not much. So I want to hear a little bit about kind of how the Kenyan culture, beauty culture influenced you growing up. And then also like, where did you grow up? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was born in New York. I was raised in upstate New York, New York City, and then New Jersey until I was nine. And then I moved to Oklahoma, which is Whoa. where... Yeah. <laughs> that's... that's I, love- I feel like I have a reverse. I moved to New York City when I was seven years old. So it's really all I remember is New York City. But before that, I lived in New Orleans and Minneapolis. And like Minneapolis can't be more different from New York City, but Oklahoma is like a close close second. (laughs) A close second for sure. New York City to Oklahoma. Yes. So yeah, my father started the African Studies program at the University of Oklahoma. So that's what took us from from the East Coast to the middle of the country. And I remember everything about New York and New Jersey. (laughs) On my first day of school, I was like, "Um, where are the Puerto Rican kids? Where are all the brown kids? Where are the Italians? I don't understand what's happening. But I did have an amazing childhood and, and even went to college at the University of Oklahoma. But when I was eight, my parents took me to Kenya for the very first time, where I met my grandmother, Nikeo, who uh, was a Kenyan coffee farmer and a matron at a boarding school. But she grew Kenyan coffee beans on her farm. And so in that summer that I lived over in Kenya with my family for that first time, I would go around the farm with her and pick coffee beans. And then we would crush them and we would add oils in. And then she grew sugarcane and you know, sugarcane comes in big rods and we would take the rods of sugarcane and we would use that concoction that we made and we would, you know, exfoliate our skin. And so that is truly when my beauty journey began. But, you know, growing up as a kid here in the States, my mom's father was a medicine man. And so my whole life, you know, I'm 13 and we're at the, you know, pharmacy and I have a pimple and I'm like, mom, you've got to buy this and you've got to buy this. And I saw this on a commercial and she would always say things to me like, you know, your grandfather, you know, kids in the village still got pimples and he knew that you would to extract the right oils and use a little bit of honey and put it on a leaf and put it on their skin. And the next morning it's gone. You don't need all of these things. Um, you got to use oil to fight oil. So all of these rituals are really just part of my DNA. I always joke that like clean beauty wasn't a thing for me. Clean beauty is all I knew. And so that was really, truly the inspiration was, you know, cultivating these incredible ingredients that came at, in the beginning of my career from the continent of Africa. And then as I grew in my brand, really understanding um, the need to share global beauty secrets from, you know, places where women, men have been using these ingredients and timeless beauty rituals for thousands of years that are used across many beauty brands, but I wanted to celebrate it and give credit where credit is due. So it was interesting because, you know, it was quite some time ago in early 2000s when I launched Nikeo Beauty and At the time, I had been working um, in the entertainment industry and mostly with actresses. So I had a lot of products. What what were you doing with actresses? I worked at a management company. So I worked on the representation side. Ah, like a a William Morris or like a CAA. Yeah, yeah. So I started my career at CAA as an assistant and now I was working in a talent management company. And 
what I really loved though, was the fashion and beauty aspect. So if there was a photo shoot, if one of the actresses was going to be on the cover of a magazine, I wanted to be in the hair and makeup trailer. You know, if they were doing a beauty deal, I wanted to sit in on those calls and and see how it all went down. I mean, that was truly my passion. And, and so I had a lot of products that came across my desk and, and, you know, in the early 2000s, I mean, the industry's come a long way, but in the early 2000s, you very rarely saw, you would see things like Shea across many brands, but you wouldn't really see people celebrating the sophistication of the continent and really giving credit to the way that ingredients were sourced and harvested. And and so that's why I left my job to make my grandmother's coffee scrub. That's incredible. So it's 2002, you launched Nakaya Beauty. There aren't black owned beauty brands. That's not even like a term that you hear. About. It was like Lisa Price had Carol's daughter and then there was me. Wow. <laughs> In the beginning, especially in premium beauty. Like, you know, I launched at Fred Siegel here in LA. I launched at Jeffrey, New York. I love Fred Siegel. But, you know, I just went, I was just in LA and I went to like the old Fred Siegel and it was Ron Herman and I was so confused. Yeah, yeah. It's, they've had many shifts and change. You know, I, were, I launched at Apothea, which was a brand created by Ron Robinson, who was legendary in the industry and discovered so many of the brands that, you know, have gone on to be huge, multi-successful brands today. So I launched at Apothea, but he closed Apothea a couple of years ago. So, so it is, it's a little different, that whole, that whole era and time for, for indie beauty and niche beauty. I mean, that's when brands like Hard Candy and Stila were born during that time. So it was a, it was a good time to be an independent uh, beauty brand at that time. Yes. And what were some of the challenges, though, of being a Black woman in the beauty space, you know, back in 2002? Because I talk to founders all the time on this podcast, Black women founders, and I know the challenges in 2021. So in 2002, I can't even imagine. Oh, my gosh. Well, it was quite challenging. But I would say that I had naivete on my side because when I decided, I mean, there's nothing better than being like 27 and just, you know, at that time for me, it was before I got married, before I had kids. So it was like, you know, it was really just this perfect time that you got to be really selfish with your own dreams in a good way. And so when I left my job and, and you know, I knew that the coffee scrub was a good idea because I'd, I'd been using it my whole life and I would make it for my friends and they loved it. Like, that's all I thought is like, this is a great idea and it doesn't exist. So, so I'm going to go do it. And I was not independently wealthy. I knew I was going to have to learn how to raise money. And so I'd say the most challenging part for me and, and, you know, sadly we, we aren't seeing big differences. I didn't know the stats on how little capital was going to, you know, women period, but also especially women of color back in those days. And it's, yes. you know, it's, 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 there's progress and there's hope now, but it's, it, we're still nowhere where we need to be. When I first left my job and I gave myself this little window of time to raise, I had no idea how many um, unreturned emails or phone calls I would get. And it was in that like aha moment, that do or die moment of like, you've got to find the capital to do this and create this as your job, or you're going to have to go back and beg for your old job back. <laughs> that I realized, wow, this is, this is going to be way more challenging than I expected. Because I was also watching, as I said, all of these indie niche, amazing beauty brands come to life and like launch at the biggest stores and, and get swept up by the biggest beauty conglomerates. And, and it was happening overnight. And it was a, uh, a really great moment to accept what reality was and see what I could do to create my own paradigm. That's great. Well, even today, I was doing some research. 
0.2% of Black female founders receive funding for their business. Um, you have been able to raise, I think, a million dollars in your last round for 13 Loon. You've got some celebrity investors, Gwyneth Paltrow, who went to my school, actually, funnily enough. Oh, amazing. High school. Um, high school. Diddy invested, Mr. Sean Combs, I think Naomi Watts as well. So not only did you get a million dollars, you also got kind of a star studded lineup of people that invested. Kind of how do you think you were able to kind of beat the odds and succeed there in terms of fundraising? Wow, just never giving up. <laughs> you know, and, and it's great. We do have, you know, the privilege of working with some really influential names within our cap table at 13 Loon, but, you know, first and foremost, outside of their, you know, jobs with music or acting, these are also, you know, really seasoned entrepreneurs. And that's what I really set out to do was to find people who do what I do, who understand the landscape of retail and beauty, who understand the importance of clean beauty and reach out to them to, to share the idea of 13 Loon. And, and so, I think that the timing of of launching in, in 2020 and at a time when we were having conversations that I had never had in my lifetime, pitches were a lot different this time, raising money in a post-George Floyd, post-Ahmaud Aubrey, post-Brianna Taylor and so on world where the train had left the station. This could no longer not be something that was brought up, especially when it came to a Black-owned business. And so... So yeah, you know, out of the gates um, from a friends and family round, it's it was amazing, um, the support. And it was validating in a way that for all of those no's that I've gotten over the course of 18 years, that eventually the right yeses show up and find you. So that has been a different experience. But, you know, even now in my in our seed round, because we're continuing to, to raise, to, to grow and scale the business, and there's some old paradigm stuff that just hasn't changed. But what gives me hope is um, also being able to humble myself into realizing that I'm not here to change an old paradigm. Like that old paradigm is working. People are making money, building successful businesses, but it really is sort of like in the very beginning for me, just validation that you're you're not here to break down old paradigms. You're here to create new ones. And, and now the stakes are different. You know, I talked about getting to be 27 and be selfish and, and, and create something, you know, in honor of my family and me with 13 Loon, what I'm creating is a space so that all of these beautiful founders, and then they really do feel like family in all the good ways are going to get to success way quicker. I'm so proud that Nikeo Beauty is on the shelves at Target. And I worked really, really, really hard to get there, but I want to get these brands to success way quicker. Yes. Well, you know, you keep bringing up being 27 in 2002 and I keep looking at your skin and there's just a big disconnect for me. <laughs> I just turned 48. I'm shook right now. Like you <laughs> have the most, I'm sure people tell you this all the time because Aww. you look so young. Like, so Aww. like we need to get into your skincare routine, but yep. before we do. It's all about the face oil. I'm telling you, I preach face oil all day long. That's my obsession. My mom was not messing around with using oil to fight oil. Well, I'm really excited to talk about this because especially for Nikeo Beauty, I know it's small batch, cold press. So I make all of my own body scrubs, body oils. I even make my own facial serums. I'll do like sea buckthorn oil, argan oil, mix it all the together. Best. I love those. I love sea buckthorn. It's such a great ingredient. That's my obsession. Sea buckthorn oil. I remember 
I was obsessed with the Vintner's Daughter Botanical Serum. And I've had April on the podcast who, who created this. And I tried- She's to, amazing. I, I'm a big fan of her. But I told her, and I told her this one interview, I said, I tried to recreate it. But in trying to recreate it, because I couldn't afford it at the time, but in trying to recreate it, I discovered sea buckthorn oil. And it was like, oh, this is the thing that's like giving me the glow. That's like really changing the game. So now I still create a lot of my own products. And I'm like, I love that you're like so into this. So tell me like, what are your favorite oils for skincare? Yeah. Well, first of all, you have amazing and beautiful skin. And I love that you um, are so passionate about doing this for yourself. Um, So, you know, within the KO Beauty, I have three different oils and I work with a lot of um, still African oils and, and oils from around the world. But I would say our number one seller is, and it's the one that like, you know, I use a lot of product, especially now as an e-tailer, holy cow, like I just can't stop. (laughs) Um, But I use religiously my maracuja and yangu face oil every single day, morning and night. Okay, Maracuja and yangu are both incredible ingredients that help to, they help with inflammation. So I suffer from hyperpigmentation eczema, such sensitive skin that it it's crazy that I play with as many products as I do, <laughs> but it's naturally colored green. So it helps to neutralize the skin and take redness out of the skin. Like even though I'm a black woman, I actually have a lot of redness underneath. And when my skin is inflamed from allergies or not, you know, if I take in too much sugar or, you know, refined sugar or don't get enough sleep. That's really one of my biggest struggles. And so it's just something that helps to neutralize that redness. I am 48, but I still break out. And when I say using all the fight oil, so I, it's still shocking to me how many people are afraid to put oil on their face. I know, especially people with oily skin are really afraid to right. do it but it can help so much to kind of balance sebum and all of that. So anyway, I interrupted you. Keep going. (laughs) Oh yeah. No. So, so, and and I love that you said that about people with oily skin. I mean, I have dry skin, but hormonally, sometimes it's combination, but I, I will say that when your skin, when you have oily skin, it means your skin's working too hard to produce oils. So you've got to feed oil back into your skin to help it relax, to help it calm down so it doesn't have to work so hard and then it's not getting as inflamed and irritated. And and so it's just one simple thing that you can add into your regimen. The other thing that I am militant about is I wear sunscreen every single day, 365 days a year, even if I don't get to go outside. I mean, I live in California, so it's often sunny in LA, but when you're driving in your car, I wear it on my hands and I wear it on my face. And I think that's probably one of the biggest ways to help you maintain a youthful glow is to protect from the sun. But, you know, still way too many black and brown people that are suffering from melanoma and and our numbers are going in the wrong direction. So sunscreen, um, militant about. I'm a really big person about exfoliation. Physical or chemical exfoliation? I love both. So obviously as a darker complected woman, there's a lot of acids because I spoke about my um, sensitivity to my skin and I've, I've gone the other way where I get way too excited and use something that maybe I shouldn't, but I love a lactic acid peel. My big treat to myself and, and self-care is to go to my esthetician, Shawnee Darden, and just get a quick peel. But I obviously, because I love Kenyan coffee, it's one of my favorite ingredients. And, and so I exfoliate with Kenyan coffee and sugarcane. Right now, our coffee face file is just sold out. So I make it at home and I'll just mix in, you know, my sugar and my oils and 
coffee and coffee is really great for your skin. It's, it helps to energize the skin. It helps to naturally lift the skin, but it's also packed with antioxidants, which people often don't know. So yes, I mean, I love it all, but those I would say are my go-tos. I love it. Back to the coffee scrub because I made a coffee scrub and my husband was like, literally Brooke, never again, because I (laughs) ended up clogging my drain. So if you're making your own, like coffee facial scrub, what do you avoid to make sure that it doesn't clog and what oils do you add and what sugar do you add? Well, a number one, if you're going and you're purchasing your oil, like, I mean, purchasing your coffee beans, you know, from somewhere and you're getting them ground, just make sure it's the most finely ground. So there's that. Don't put chunky coffee pieces into your scrub and then put them down the sink or your shower drain. So fine coffee, as fine as it can get almost in a powder form is the best way not to clog your drain. And then I add in, you know, oils based on need. I mean, my go-tos are, you know, organic unrefined coconut oil. I always put drops of my maracuja and and yangu oil or my manketi and marula oil, you know, things that African oils that are, are cold pressed and great. I use avocado oil. You know, if you have super duper oily skin, you can add in something that kind of neutralizes like a yogurt so that it, you know, kind of helps to take, to pull some of the oils out. If you are, you know, had a rough night, your skin's a little puffy, add just a couple drops. I like the liquid turmeric, but you don't want to put too much because it's orange and it can (laughs) discolor your skin. So yeah, stain your skin, but yeah. I've done so many turmeric face masks and I've never known that there are drops of turmeric. That's so interesting. Yeah. You can usually get them at like a health food store. I actually use the ones I got them from like my naturopath because I take them for internal inflammation and yeah, just take a couple drops. So I use the one I get from my doctor's office and I just put a couple drops into my face polishes or body polishes. I love this. Okay. Yeah. So there's a play, you know, find the oils that work for you, you know, use the good old worldwide web to find out, you know, what it is, what oils work best for whatever your skin concern is. I mentioned that I have eczema. And so, you know, things like coconut oil, I love Tamanu oil are really, really good when you deal with eczema. Um, it really helps to like, you know, with the itchiness and all of the uncomfortable things that happen and, and weather changing also really inflames my eczema. So this is great. I, I put tamanu oil on my cuticles and I feel like it helps so much, but I, I could talk to you about oils for another hour. You found the right audience for that. For yes, sure. yes. So talk to me a little bit about all of the amazing, so one, you get to try all of the brands, right? You've probably, you're probably trying like five brands a day or at least getting that sent to you. So you've tried it all. So what are your kind of like go-to brands for like skincare and makeup and what do you like from them? It's hard to pick like favorites, obviously. because It's so hard. I know it's always like, you can't pick your favorite child, but yes, I hear you. So I like have, lately. <laughs> yeah, lately. So, so for skincare, gosh, there's so many good ones. Um, I love, we have a brand called Holy Frog that I love. They have amazing cleansers. Scote Beauty, um, S-K-O-T. She's got this amazing, do I have it uh, here? Facial mist that I love to just keep by my desk and kind of spritz throughout the day. Folk Beauty, P-H-O-L-K. She um, uses a lot of African ingredients, but it's really like steeped in culture. Like she sources, you know, ingredients from Africa, but she grew up in Kentucky. And so she uses a lot of hemp and like all of her products um, for skincare are amazing. And then for makeup, Bossy Cosmetics is a brand that we carry and they make the most beautiful um, lipsticks and, and liquid lipsticks. I like I like hydration. So, 
super hydrating. We just launched as um, their exclusive retailer, Ame Kole. Yes. Um, we love Tiara. She's incredible. Yes, she's amazing. And so we're so proud um, to be her first retailer outside of her own site. Oh, Dahia. Um, have you heard of Dahia? Yes, yes. I've interviewed the founder. She's great. Yeah, those tints, they're so fun. And I just, I'm, I'm, I don't wear makeup often, only, you know, if I'm gonna go out or if, you know, I have an important, if I'm I'm pitching investors or but I do love to just add little pops of color. So I'll use the Dahia or the Ame Cole highlighters. And then for hair, I'm obsessed with Bamba Curls. She's from the DR. Her name's Lulu, which I'm very partial to because that's my daughter's name as well. And so my Lulu and myself love um, Swear by the Forbidden Hair Mask. And then there's um, an amazing, well, Vernon Francois, who we all love. Yes. Um, all of his products are incredible. And then Charlotte Mensa. Yes. From the UK, we that was one of the original 13 black owned brands that we launched and and her products are just incredible. I mean, I could also go on and on and on about all the ones that I haven't mentioned, but they're all they're all there on 13 Loom. Yes. And and Charlotte Mensa, I lived in London from like 2012 to 2014. And she was my hairdresser in Notting Hill. And I remember she would be making like hair masks and stuff. And you know, she'd do the treatments for her customers. And she was like, I'm gonna start selling these. Like I remember like way, way back then. So it's amazing to see how much she has grown since then. Yeah, we are killing it with Charlotte Mensa um, on 13 Loon. And she's just incredible. I just did an IG Live with her and she's so inspiring. Yes, I'm a big, big fan of hers. So have you ever made like a big beauty mistake as you look back over the course of your life and you just think, why did I do that? Yes, I, a couple come to mind. When I was in junior high, my mom didn't let me wear makeup, but she would often leave for work before I left for school. And I had begged and begged and begged for blue mascara at the pharmacy and she wouldn't buy it. And so I saved up my money and I bought this bright blue mascara. And for pretty much my entire eighth grade year, I would just, and I had to use so much on my dark eyelashes to get it to show, to actually get to see the blue. So I would just put all this blue mascara on that I thought looked so good. And then I would have to race home before my mom got home from work and like wash it off so she wouldn't see it. And I blame that to this day. When I was a little girl, I had those like eyelashes that are like, whoop, like curled up, like those eyelashes that you just never want to mess with. And I'm pretty sure I rubbed them all off from having <laughs> the blue mascara. And then speaking to more recent mistakes I've made, going back to, um, you know, physical versus um, chemical ex exfoliators and, you know, especially in COVID when none of us were going to get facials and I would just feel that like roughness. And even though I was using my scrubs and other scrubs, it was just like, it wasn't enough. I just wanted to get that layer off. And, <laughs> and so I would take to the internet to purchase, you know, this peel or that peel. And then next thing you know, I'm like sleeping with hydrocortisone on my face because I've lost my mind and half my skin. <laughs> Okay. It's good to know that you have also made mistakes, but you know what? Mistakes make us wiser, right? You have to right. wake up sometimes to learn what your skin's limits are. I think that's... And, and certainly doing DIY stuff. I have made so many mistakes, especially <laughs> as I've experimented with different essential oils. I've gotten rashes. So now I've learned to spot test. It's like rancid. It's, yeah. Yeah. You have to... I mean, I preach it all the time. I say it to my daughter all the time. Like you have to patch test. You never put a product all over your face, but then I just get so excited sometimes that I forget my own rule. 
yeah, it's, it's easy to forget, especially when you're excited. I feel like we talked already a little bit about your favorite products from 13 Loons. So maybe this question is repetitive, but I'll ask it. And if you don't have anything to say, we'll just edit this whole part out. So what are kind of the top 13 Loon or Nikeo Beauty products that we should be buying this summer? Oh my goodness. So from Nikeo Beauty, definitely the Maracuja and Yanggu oil. I'm going to look into those immediately. They sound so great. Yeah. I mean, I love all my babies, but um, Maracuja and Yanggu, if you're going to try anything for the first time, regardless, I mean, I, one of the things I love is like, I'll have the most bare skinned white person get their eyebrows plucked and they'll say, oh my God, look at all this redness in my eyebrows and how do I take it down? And like, that's a great product to neutralize all skin types. So Maracuja and Yanggu or the Baobab Youth Infused Daily Defense Cream, which we have Baobab oil in it, which is known as like Africa's miracle ingredient that comes from the African tree of life. And it's a tree that lives for thousands and thousands of years, regardless of weather and droughts, it, it, it survives. So you think about transferring those benefits into your skin. Um, so those would be my two go-to from Nikeo Beauty. And that was hard because I want to go on and on. Um, and then, you know, from 13 Loon, definitely, you know, check out the hair care brands that I mentioned and the makeup and skincare lines that I mentioned. But I also love some of our body care. Um, we have a brand called Sprays. That's incredible. We have another brand... They have great body washes and we just launched um, some other new products from them today. And then what else for body? I love the established that has the most incredible oil, body oil. I love oils, obviously, but I love body oils, except I don't love body oils that take forever to rub in. And then you have to wait to get dressed because they're sitting on top of the skin. And this is like, it's a liquid oil, but when you put it on, it's almost like a dry oil, but you feel the effect. So I like to do that or drop a little bit into my body moisturizer. So I think those are, those are a couple that, um, I loved Leland Francois. He has this amazing lip balm, but I also think self-care goes outside of like what you're putting on your body or your hair. And we have incredible candles. We just launched a candle by Harlem candle company that has 22 karat gold. So once the candle burns down, it's like this beautiful, turns into like a cocktail glass um, that's got the gold on it, but it's got a map of Harlem and it's like very old Renaissance Harlem. And then Marie Hunter, another brand that we carry um, body products and, and skincare from, but they make this leather and suede candle that is just like so gender neutral, delicious. I love it. Yeah. So many good ones. And I know we're going to finish and I'm going to be like, Oh, I forgot. So just go to 13 one, please. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, as a mom of two kids and an entrepreneur, how do you find time for self-care? That's one thing in my twenties. I just like many 20 year olds, like, you know, burn the candle at both ends, but I guess that's when you're supposed to do it. Right. And then in my thirties, I got married. I became a mom twice over I had a restart with Nikeo Beauty, all the things. And I feel like in my 30s, I let myself go a little bit. I let my self-care go because I was trying too hard to be 100% at everything, which is virtually impossible. And I would say that the greatest gift that I've experienced in my 40s and now moving into that next decade is that self-care is actually non-negotiable. And so, you know, it's little things. I nap, which people find odd, especially since I have two full-time jobs, but I do as often as I can. Not a long nap. It's like the 26 to 30 minute nap that I find is recharge. I love 
dance-based working out, um, which has been a lot of fun during COVID, like turning my living room into a club and doing plyo jam with my 10-year-old boy or making TikToks with my kids. But I love, you know, dance-based cardio and and um, trampoline cardio. So I do this workout called Formation taking walks, like trying not to be like too sedentary. I think with Zoom life, we just like sit and sit and sit. So I've readopted phone calls, like walking, (laughs) you know, meetings and then just time with my girlfriends. Um, That was very hard during COVID to to find a way. I, I really truly believe that my girlfriends are my chosen family. And I just put that on Instagram for National Best Friend Day. But having the support of girlfriends, we, my girlfriends and I do this thing called circling, which is kind of like when we could be together pre-COVID, we would gather in a circle and we would use a talking stick and we would share of ourselves and we would manifest not just for ourselves, but for each other. And, and That's beautiful. Yeah. So we do that through this, our friend um, who started this company called um, The Art of Circling. Her name's Andrea Bendewald and she's just this magical fairy. And, and so she got us all circling in her teepee in Coldwater Canyon, which sounds so LA back in our twenties. And now in our forties, we still do it all the time. And like babies have been manifested, you know, as some of us have lost parents that have moved on, they've been celebrated in ceremony. So it's just a really cool way to like, beyond just like catching up on the phone or on text, it's like you actively listen and, and hold the space for each other's dreams. And as well as obviously time with my husband and my kids and I love the beach. So I try to get to water as often as possible are all just part of like, they have to happen and the wheels come off when they don't. So I've learned not to let the wheels come off. I love self-care being non-negotiable. I think that's so important, especially as a mother, as you're taking care of other people, like you have to take care of yourself. Absolutely. You're no good for others if you can't be the best for yourself and, and therapy. That to me is, is it's a privilege and it's a gift that if given the opportunity. And I'm so grateful that that therapy is becoming more accessible in, in more communities and even online, because I do think it's important to um, have a safe space to process without opinions. <laughs> right, right. An objective, objective person to just listen. Yes. Well, final question. When do you feel most beautiful? I feel most beautiful when I'm living in a place of faith, just like fully understanding. I was talking to a partner of my business partner in 13 Loon today, uh, Patrick, and we got some disappointing news about a potential investor. And and it was one of the first times that I got news that I didn't expect to hear or didn't want to hear that I was like, well, that just means like, it was like true faith. I was so grounded in my like, whatever's meant to be. And being an Aries and an impatient person that's had to learn how to just wait and accept, I felt really good that I'm constantly observing that when I'm in a place of faith and and acceptance that I'm just much happier and I feel more beautiful when I'm happy. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing all of your wisdom and just sharing 13 Loon. I think it's such an important platform that we just like so needed. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, check it out. Celebrate these black and brown founders who create products for people of all colors and join our beauty revolution. It's happening. 
You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, what a conversation. I'm so inspired by her, so inspired by her story. I love hearing from entrepreneurs. I love hearing from Black women in the beauty space. And I just love this episode so much. So I hope you guys liked it too. If you love the show, please take the time and give a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. And hey, tell a friend, someone in your life about Naked Beauty. Just be like, hey, do you listen to podcasts? Maybe you'd like Naked Beauty. New episodes are every Monday. All right, guys, thank you so much. I'll be back next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 